Hi there, this is Alana, and you are listening to the Praying Christian Women podcast. How's it going, Jamie? It's going very well. Well, good. I'll um, be like Dave Ramsey, better than I deserve. <laughs> I was going to ask you something. Oh, no, I was going to say we're switching things up. I have no idea why, but my outline tells me that we're starting with the verse of the day and then going into a word of prayer. Honestly, I saw that and I thought, why did I do that? I don't oh, remember. Oh, that's hilarious. There must have I, been a reason. I thought this was going to be like your very, very subtle way of being like, Alana takes way too long these days in the intro, so let's change it up so we dive right in. <laughs> let's do the verse of the day before the introduction. All right, let's do it. No, let's not. No, that was oh, not. Okay, well that then, was, <laughs> well then I've got intent. stuff to say to you. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Well, our verse of the day. So just so you know, today we're going to be talking about prayer for travel mercies. And the verse of the day talks about, uh, let's see, where are we coming from here? Psalm 121 from the NIV. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. So we can pray. God, we just thank you for this time just to talk about travel mercy prayers and where that fits in and if that fits into our, our day-to-day and um, just to acknowledge that you are the God who always sees us, who is our, our, our help and who does watch over us every day. And we just acknowledge you as sovereign and loving and the giver of every good gift, the withholder of no good gift. And we just thank you for this time to talk and just to, to seek your wisdom, Lord. And we just pray that you would be in this conversation, that your Holy Spirit would guide us, and that you'd be glorified today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I want to go back to the verse of the day. Yeah. Psalm 121. Do yeah, you see, know kind of the history of, of this set of psalms? No, I don't. Tell me. So these are some of the Psalms of Ascent, which were oh, the yes. songs that the, like the pilgrims would sing on the road to Jerusalem. So this literally mm-hmm. is a travel hymn. Oh, isn't that cool? That yeah. is neat. I, I did not know that. That's really cool. I figured that's why you chose it. And so I figured that you were going to like explain that, but then we jumped be, right into prayer. So. so to be honest with you, I actually... um. I actually did this so long ago. This has been on our list just kind of okay. at the bottom and we've not never really Got gotten it. to it. And um, so I don't, I actually don't know why. I don't remember it, why you picked maybe, this Maybe, <laughs> but maybe in doing a little research into some different mm-hmm. points, I may have come across it and liked it. I don't know. But that is very neat to know that this is a travel I love this, that that is a travel psalm. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what else is interesting? I feel like the reason probably that this has been at the bottom of the list is totally fine. Because like, who really has been traveling in early 2020 anyway? (laughs) (laughs) Good point. So here we go. Uh, Just for fun question, what is your favorite mode of travel? 
Yeah. And I mean, this could go, I was thinking about vacation. How do you like to travel? And obviously there are places you have to get on the plane for living here in Alaska. Mm -hmm. We've got to get on a plane pretty much. Well, I mean, we don't have Mm -hmm. to, you could take the trailer. Okay. So I'm going to just tell you my in general favorite mode of travel is train because I love seeing things through the window, like seeing the countryside and feeling Mm -hmm, like the rumbling mm -hmm. of the train and like being able to sit when you want to. There's usually like, I'm thinking of the Alaska Railroad right now. When I was young, I actually went to Europe and did like a cross country um, train ride with my school. It was a school trip and it was like whirlwind trip of Europe where I feel like I told my husband the other day, I didn't deserve to go on that trip because I didn't understand what I was, the gravity of what I was Mm. seeing and the history and, you know, but it was a wonderful trip, but I just loved the big picture window on the train and going across, Mm. you know, the, the countryside of Switzerland, you know, it was just very cool. And, um, here in Alaska, we have the Alaska railroad and a couple of times we've taken railway trips and the kids and I, when I was pregnant with my youngest, um, the boys and I, took the train from Anchorage up to Denali, which is like a seven hour, eight hour train ride. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I just loved it. It was so much fun. And you're not cooped up in the car where, you know, you can Mm -hmm. stuff from your car, but you're able to walk around, stretch your legs. We played board games while we like looked out the window and Mm -hmm. it was fun. So I love trains. Um, I also love traveling um, like camping with our travel trailer, but, oh, fun. but we don't travel in the trailer. We drive in the car, right, which right, is right. kind of a pain. And then we camp in the trailer. So how about you? Oh, one other thing. I've never been on a cruise ever. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so I don't know if I would like that or not. Part of me thinks I don't it think would I would, it would be scary not being able to see land. Yeah. You know, even before the pandemic, I, I always got this tiny sense of claustrophobia thinking about a, a cruise ship, like, mm-hmm. If you want to get off, you can't. And, well, and I've always like wondered when you're on a cruise ship, people that have been, I'm guessing you haven't been on a cruise? No. Okay. So for those that have been on a cruise, do you actually get into storms where they have those big, huge waves and you're like crashing down and I mean, or is the ship so big that you don't feel storms or maybe they stay close enough to the coast typically mm-hmm. that you don't get to, I want to know that because I would not like that. Yeah. I would be scared of the storms. I would be scared even before the COVID pandemic. I was scared of, you know, the outbreaks that you'd hear about when right. everybody's in such close quarters. And then this, this maybe is tiny bit laughable. I'm also a tiny bit scared of pirates because every so often you do hear about, you know, just some weird thing happening where people take over a ship. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a, a chicken about cruises. I don't think I'd, I'd ever really go on one. It's not top on my list. I love the ocean. But I don't, mm-hmm. I don't love the idea of being, I have a certain fear of the ocean and I, that might go along with my fear of buoys. Oh, <laughs> you have to tell people since we're in our just for fun. I know. And the buoys. The meme, that, the meme that you sent me about the puppy. I will. I'll explain it. But first I need to ask you, is that okay to send you or did it make you like grossed out or weirded out or was it no, just No, it funny? didn't weird okay. me out at all. Okay. It didn't. It's a picture of a, a dog floating on its back. And I forget what it said, but it, it made a pun of like a good boy instead of a good boy. Yeah. And since Jamie has talked about her fear of buoys, <laughs> yes, I had to interrupt a conversation the other day and become very, very rude because 
<clears throat> we were in this small gathering and a couple people were like swapping fish stories and I handled it okay because fish are my <gasps> phobia. I handled it okay to a point and then when I was ready to be done, I was like, I don't want to talk about fish anymore. And and that was <laughs> okay. They just kind of like so something got into a lot. Of <laughs> okay, so you have to tell me because this is what happens to me when the topic of buoys comes up. Yeah. I picture them in very vivid detail. I picture the buoys and I picture <laughs> and, and, and so that's what it, it's not the idea of the buoy. It's the mm. like picture in my head of and the, yeah. But the thing about buoys, so I, there is a buoy graveyard in Homer yeah, down South on the Kenai Peninsula. And we go there every once in a while and my kids joke about it and it is a little scary, but mm. I've kind of desensitized myself to the idea of them and the sight of them still makes me a little nervous. But what really is, gets me is when they're in the water, knowing mm -hmm. that there's the slimy rope going down right, to who right, knows right. where and, mm -hmm. yeah. but do you picture, so what is it? And are we talking to talk about the phobia? Does that make you creeped out? It right does. Now. Okay, yes. never mind. Then we won't but, talk no, about it. No, I'll tell you my one physiological reaction. Yeah, what happens? What my makes, my yeah. biggest, my toes curl. And yeah. I don't know if I've ever told you my specific story, but there's a reason why my toes curl. <laughs> okay, never mind. We won't. Yep. Do you want to tell the story? Well, just we were snorkeling and, and fish started nibbling at my toes. It didn't <laughs> hurt. It just really, really scared me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Okay. So anyway, you, I don't want to talk you, about fish anymore. Takes you back. No more fish. No more buoys. <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, oh, traveling. Let's go oh, back to oh, traveling. Oh, traveling. Yes. Okay. So your favorite trains, mode of travel. Yeah. Trains make me a little bit motion sick. So oh, they're not very relaxing That would for not me. be good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I like flying by myself. I do not like flying with other people, but flying by myself actually feels very relaxing. Mm -hmm. And it also feels kind of like a little treat because like I've never gone to a restaurant and bought myself food, like just for me, you know what I mean? But like no, when you're in an right. airport, that's just expected. Right. And so huh. traveling in an airport or in an airplane on my own actually does feel very relaxing. And I'm really... I don't know if you want to say good or bad, <clears throat> like I'll, I'll pace the entire terminal until like two minutes before I'm supposed to board. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I enjoy the people watching of airports. I think I like the airport experience more so than the being up in the air. I yes. find, I do love I do, airports. Mm -hmm. Don't like traveling with the family though. It's just, it's too many kind of things to keep track of. It's crazy expensive. So instead of feeling like, oh, this is a fun thing. I get to spend like 20 bucks on one meal. Right. It's like, oh, this is $100 on food that's not really any good. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't like traveling with the family, which sounds really bad, but that's probably mine. I don't mind being the passenger. I usually find that pretty relaxing just on long car trips, but I don't like driving for long distances. Yeah. Either. There's a lot of stress there too. Mm -hmm. you, have you seen the movie, the terminal with Tom Hanks? Yes. Not in a crazy long time, but I remember it. Yeah. That's kind of, it gives you a new appreciation for airport life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Kind of neat. Anyway. So, all right. Well, there we go. Anyway. All um, right. So what are, I think we need to define, define the, the topic. So my thought was the, the reason this came up, I actually saw someone who had a book out called why I don't 
pray for travel mercies. And I may even have reached out to this person to see if they wanted to come discuss it on the podcast. And I don't think I ever heard back from her. So maybe we'll do it again. But I was just wondering, huh, why would someone not pray for travel mercies? And I started thinking about it because I've had questions myself about, is it effective? We've kind of touched on it in a couple of our mm-hmm. episodes of mm-hmm. being superstitious. So what is a travel mercy prayer or a hedge of protection prayer? And what are some examples of what those look like in our day-to-day for someone that's never heard of this or never put a name to it? Yeah, well, I've got a cute, funny story that kind of illustrates how travel prayers work in Alaska. Mm-hmm. So we have friends who are missionaries here in Alaska, and they were visiting a supporting church down in the lower 48, which is for those of you who aren't in Alaska, what we call people in the uh, contiguous 48 states. I always need to remember if it's contiguous. Right, because it's not continental, because we are on Because <laughs> we are continental. But not contiguous. Right, so they were down in the lower 48, and they had, their youngest was maybe like 12 or something, and it was like a church potluck or something like that, kind of to have fellowship with this missionary family. So they asked the, like the 12 year old daughter if she wanted to pray for the meal. And so she prayed for the meal. And then she said, and please protect us from moose on the road. (laughs) So I, I felt like that was such a quintessential Alaska kid thing to do. So basically, yeah, travel mercy prayers are prayers you pray before you embark on, especially like a long road trip. We used to do it anytime we got in the car, just please keep us safe. Mm-hmm. Um, for us, it also turned into like some type of prayer for where we were going, you know, please keep us safe and help this doctor appointment to go well. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. I think of mission trips too, you know, pray, you know, mm-hmm. when people are going on a mission trip to pray, a hedge of protection and, you know, mm-hmm. travel mercies for them as they, you know, to allow them to get where they need to go quickly, um, mm-hmm. make their flights, make their connections, all yeah. of those things that go along with it. So mm-hmm. the question is, is it biblical to pray this way? Because what I found as I was kind of looking into this and thinking about it is there is, you know, some people would argue that it's superficial to pray for travel mercies and that you're focusing only on physical protection rather than God's bigger plans. And when you look at Paul, that that's the guy that gets brought up when all of the things, the shipwrecks, the mm-hmm. persecutions, the detours, the imprisonments and all of these things that there really aren't a whole lot of, if, if any, examples of him praying for things to go well on the surface. There was a lot of prayer for the gospel to go out unhindered. Mm-hmm. Um you know, but, but that we don't have examples of this and I'm, I need to, this has been a long time because I think I have a couple of examples of things that could be considered in the lines of that, but yeah. So what, what would, what are your thoughts on, on that? I think that inequivocally, if Paul had prayed for travel mercies, he would have never been in a single shipwreck. And I think it's all on him that he got into so many shipwrecks because he didn't say, dear God, please give us a safe trip before he got on board. Well, there you go. There we go. I hope everybody knows I'm being sarcastic. Yes, sarcasm. The the one thing that I think comes, I I can think of two biblical things that come really close to touching on traveling mercies. And one is these psalms of ascent. They are songs that you pray on the way to Jerusalem, on the road to Jerusalem. And Psalm 121, which was our verse of the day, 
definitely talks about physical protection, right? He will not let your foot slip. Right. Over you. The sun Mm -hmm. will not harm you by day. In my mind, that's an example of prayers for protection while you travel. And then I was also thinking about the Shema in Deuteronomy, where it talks about thinking about and meditating and speaking about God's word. And one of the places it mentions to do that is while you're on the road. So it's like um, when you lie down, that's right. Get up. When you go in, when you go out. Mm-hmm. And so those are, I think, if, if you want to take the Shema kind of literally as times when you should be praying, it's when you wake up, when you go to bed, when you leave the house, and when you come home. And mm-hmm. I don't think we need to do it re- religiously in the, like, if you don't do it, you're going to be cursed type of way. I just mm-hmm. feel like it's a, it's a great habit to be in to get into. And if you are the kind of person who feels like, well, I don't want to just pray for physical protection. Well, then make that your prayer reminder to also be praying for spiritual protection. Mm -hmm. Well, and the argument against that, against not praying for these travel mercy prayers are Mm -hmm. the same could be said for healing. Of course, God doesn't always heal. Yeah. You're going to get in a car accident sometimes. And even if you pray, maybe that's part of God's bigger plan. Mm -hmm. Do you just not pray for healing when someone is sick or, you know, it's the same type Mm -hmm. of thing. I think the same parallel. Now the devil's advocate question about this prayer of ascent is, you know, it talks about my help comes from God. Absolutely. But you know, he will not let your foot slip. Uh, He watches over you. The sun will not harm you by day. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He'll watch over your life. He'll watch over your coming and going. So the reality is that there will come times at some point that we will have harm or that we'll miss our flight or that we'll miss our connection or that we're hiking and we fall and twist our ankle. So how does that how does that apply to this? Is this more like, like, how would you say, would you say that this type of prayer or Psalm would be like an acknowledgement that God is sovereign over all of those things? Or how, how would we reconcile right. that? I'm wondering of, yeah. you know, cause some people could look at this and say, well, God says he's going to keep you from all harm. He's not going to let your foot slip. So I don't have to worry about anything if I pray about it and if I pray about it and I still have bad things happen, then I must not have prayed hard enough. Right. Right. Actually, can you give me like half a second because our power just went out? The oh, internet's my- still going because it's connected to my phone, but I just need to check on wow. my kids make sure everybody's fine. I'll Absolutely. Right back, yes. And we will start with that question. All right. Okay. We're back. Um, rural, <laughs> a rural Alaska moment. Everybody. All right. So, Yes. How do the question is how do we reconcile the fact that we are praying for protection, but we don't always get protection? So especially for something like Psalms, it's it's similar to Proverbs. Like it's not, it's not a covenant God is making with us. Right. There's it's not like you know the Ten Commandments where it says if you honor your parents, you'll live a long life in the world. And even that, you know, most people consider a generality, and that's what I would consider these things too. These are generalities. I think it's important to remember that, oh, and our power's back. So that's good. So it's important to remember that 
sorry, I'm really distracted right now because like I don't know if you get my printers making noise now and like every everything that like has an electric hum. Let <laughs> there be light. That's right, and noise. <laughs> Alrighty. Um I was saying something and I'm sure it was gonna be good and profound. Well just that there that these are not covenant promises, that this is a, yes. a general acknowledgement mm-hmm. to God that he is good. He's the giver of yes. good gifts. When we are protected, it's his hand that brings that protection mm-hmm. and that, you know, almost saying, you know what, I'm journeying. And, and at the time, the journey to Jerusalem was probably pretty treacherous. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, this, it's yeah. so, yeah. Well, and here's the other thing for people who don't want to pray for physical protection because they know of stories where God hasn't protected people. Mm. Like to me, that's like a, I'm going to take my ball and go home attitude. It's like the kid who like maybe one, one Christmas, your family was in horrible financial straits and all your child got that year was a book for Christmas. And like, imagine how ungrateful it is if every year after that, He's like, well, I know you're not going to get me anything other than a book, so I'm not even going to ask you for any presents. Like right. to me, refusing to pray for protection because not everybody always gets protected. To me, that has a very uh, what's like it. It feels like it's taking for granted all the times that God does protect you, which is way more than the times mm-hmm. where something bad doesn't ha- or does happen. And who's to say? Even if, you know, you pray for protection and get in an accident, who's to say it wouldn't have been even worse if you hadn't been protected by God, right? Yeah. Well, and it's kind of like the idea of breaking up with your boyfriend before he has a chance to break up with you. I like that. Like, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I'm just going to withdraw. We're not even going to do this because mm-hmm. I'm afraid that you're going to disappoint me. Yeah. So I'm going to engage in a relationship with you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't really like that. The attitude that's mm-hmm. behind that. Um, I feel like, you know, same thing with like praying for your daily bread that is commanded in scripture and for, for families in my neighborhood and families in your neighborhood, it's very unlikely that we've opened up our cupboards and not had at least something to get us through the day. Right. Like that's just, that's not part of, it could happen for sure, but it, it, for most people living where we live, it, it hasn't happened. And so I feel like praying for your daily bread is a daily reminder that your sustenance and provision comes from the Lord. And yeah, it's technically it is asking him for provision, but I think even more so it's reminding you where your provision comes from. And I feel the same way with prayers of protection while traveling. Yeah, I'm sure that they have an impact in keeping you safe, but even more so, I think it's a reminder and an acknowledgement that God is your protection. I think it is too. And I think that just like everything in our relationship with God, it boils down to what our heart condition is. Yeah. And I think Mm -hmm. we need to just check the heart condition when we come to God for these travel mercies. Are we going to God as a cosmic Santa? Because, or are we going to God as, as a, uh, you know, salt sprinkled over your mm-hmm. shoulder or knocking mm-hmm. on wood kind of thing? Or are we yeah. going to God in relationship, sincerely saying, you know, God, please keep us safe. You know that that's our desire. Be with us. And is your heart really saying, God, I want you here with me in this travel, whatever mm-hmm. that looks like. 
But yeah, yeah I do want to be safe. I'm not going to lie because I love you no and kidding. you know my heart anyway. <laughs> exactly. Right. And we're acknowledging, yeah, that God can keep us safe, you know, and I think, mm-hmm. I think the acknowledgement is what's really important. So no, I don't think that you yeah. need to pray every time you get behind the wheel, but I think that it's a great prayer reminder, a prayer trigger, which we talk about a lot. And I think the biggest benefit has to do with just being reminded on a daily basis that your protection does come from the Lord. And, and that helps you not take things for granted. Yes, I agree. And I think um, when we're reading these things, you know, we're reading this Psalm of Ascent. I think it is like the spirit of that Psalm of Ascent is praising God for who he is and his mm-hmm. ability and what he does and how yeah. he does it. And, and it's just, not a request. It's yeah. not, it's just declaring this is who God is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, I, I think that that's an important posture to take as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also reminded of the prayer of Jabez, which I know not everybody, some people do kind of treat as a totem or, or something superstitious. So, mm-hmm. You know, to me, it's just, it's a verse in scripture that we can learn some from, but part of that is protect me from harm. And I think that that is a great way to continually acknowledge that God is the one who daily protects us from horrific things. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Have you heard about our Patreon community? Patreon provides a way for listeners like you to partner with us to reach more women with the Praying Christian Women podcast and our other prayer resources. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get exclusive access to video recordings of podcast episodes, including some early access to episodes before they've even been published. You'll also be able to listen to our entire archive of retired episodes of the Prevailing Prayer Podcast, where our podcasting partnership began. You'll get sneak peeks of our newest prayer resources, as well as virtual retreats and other audio and video bonuses. To find out more, head over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash partner right now and check it out. So I want to I want to talk about... Um, what it would look like to be a superstitious, uh, a superstitious hedge of protection prayer, because I want to, I'll, I'll tell you my story. So we, mm-hmm. um, we, we've gotten to the time we've gotten into the habit of pretty much always kind of praying. And I'll admit sometimes it falls into the, the category of going through the motions, particularly when mm-hmm. we are stressed out when we're about to yeah. leave. Mm-hmm. go out of town, especially when we're going camping and we're towing the trailer. And, you know, we know that we're going to be mm-hmm. on the Turnigan arm. We're going to be on these different, basically treacherous stretches of Alaska mm-hmm. road where mm-hmm. there are tons of accidents every weekend. Um, and I shouldn't say tons of accidents every weekend. I know what you're saying though. Every yeah. summer there's some really bad stuff that happens and we've been yeah. very close to some of them. And so, mm-hmm. um, but we will sometimes do this just obligatory, man, eh, who's going to pray? And the kid, not me, not me. Okay. Kids all mm-hmm. pray. And we get into that where I almost feel like 
sometimes if we don't keep our attitudes in check, if we don't keep our hearts in check, it does become, oh, we forgot to pray. If we don't pray, then, you know, it, we won't have our lucky rabbit's foot in our hand during this trip. Right. So I do very distinctly remember one time that we didn't pray and we had a close call while we were traveling. And mm-hmm. I just remember thinking, ooh, we didn't, we didn't pray. Boy, God protected us anyway. Isn't that nice? But it just, it just reminded me that we need to make sure that, um, I mean, A, I think just the fact that you're thinking about praying is a good thing. Even if it, you definitely don't want to go into the superstitious route and you want to check your feelings and how you're going into Mm -hmm. it, but don't negate the fact that, you know what, it is good to get into that habit of prayer. And, but that, but to remember that on the flip side, prayer is a relationship and we don't want to, I think we always need to kind of check our motives in prayer and our heart attitude. And so I don't know, periodically, I think it's important to change up the prayers. So I don't know, for me, what I'm thinking about for the next time that we travel, which is going to be this weekend, tomorrow night, um, I think it would be neat to maybe kind of like what we do with the prayers for the unsaved, how we have different facets of things that we pray for. So mm-hmm. to maybe spice up your uh, travel mercy prayers, if you're traveling right. a lot, um, mm-hmm. maybe think of unique ways and unique angles to pray for. Or maybe like for me, I'm thinking maybe I'll ask the kids, each person, think of one thing that we can pray for, for this trip, one area that we want God to be right. present in this trip. And maybe you start incorporating things other than just physical safety, things like, yeah. you know, God, guide our steps, help us to yeah. know what detours in our plans are from you and, and you know, so that we don't fight those and we go with them and, and look for your for bigger sure. purposes. I don't know. Yeah. Well, let's dive into that a little bit. Let's just brainstorm some of the things in addition to just physical protection that you could pray for. Like I'm thinking good conversation on the road, um, for your car mechanics, right? Mm-hmm. There's so much that goes on beneath the hood of a car that I don't pretend to understand, but I know God does. Those are some that pop into my head. Yeah. Um, just vigilance. Cause moose are a very big mm-hmm. thing, especially traveling up North, you know, and, yeah. um, just, but anywhere in, on the highway. Um, but yeah, praying for I vigilance you, for the driver. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Did I tell you the last road trip we took, we saw two porcupines Oh, it, and it's the first wild porcupines we've seen. I think um, you did tell me this. Yeah, it was crazy. So anyway, um, I, something else that you were saying reminded me of a point I wanted to make, and that's not like, okay, so you leave the house and pray for protection and then you come home. It's not like that. Like the fact that you get home safely doesn't reset your prayer. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like Mm. some people treat it like that. Like if you're, if you're treating it so much so like every single time you need to pray, it's, it's almost like the person who prays to be saved every Sunday, right? Like (laughs) in my mind, it's more about really the acknowledgement and the reminder that God is a God who protects you. And it's less about this one specific trip that we're about to take. That's a good point. Because Mm -hmm. when it becomes about just that trip, and yes, there are times I think, you know, like commissioning someone to the mission field, absolutely, whatever, there are times when it is about that specific instance, but it really is when we start looking at it as a, you know, 
list on our, you know, Christmas list to Santa God, mm-hmm. um, then it becomes like, okay, check. I got that. Check. Right. I got that. And then our prayers are focused on outcome only and mm-hmm. they become less about that relationship. And because it is, our prayers are organic, you know I mean? So you, yes. you start praying and you say, Lord, be with us in this trip, keep us safe. But as things unfold, you're still praying. You're still asking right. for God to be involved. So it's exactly. just one more way. I just, I go back to the yeah. parking, parking space prayer thing that I talked to my dad about fairly recently and was so neat because he was reminding me that my former youth pastor always prayed for parking spots, like especially at the mall. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad gave her a hard time about it. And she just said, but don't you understand? It's not about the parking spot. It's about the relationship. I just talked mm-hmm. to God about everything. And yeah, when it becomes like that. that, it just becomes one part of your whole prayer life. Yeah. You know, we've compared prayer to marriage a ton. Mm-hmm. And I know of people who like, they never let their spouse leave home without saying, I love you, which is nice and sweet and like a fine habit to be into. Mm-hmm. But for me, like, it's not as if Scott leaves for work and I don't say I love you that he forgets. Right. <laughs> right? That's a good point. So I feel like it, it's kind of like that. Sure. It's, it's a wonderful habit to be in, to tell your spouse you love them every time they leave the house. But it's not as if you forget once and God forbid something horrible happens to them. They die thinking you hate them, right? That's not really how it works. No, it's definitely not. And so that's kind of what I meant with like, we don't reset our prayers for protection every time God brings us home safely. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. That's and here's something else yeah, to remember, like as much as you're praying for protection, I think it's important to like, thank God when you get there, right? Like back to the Shema, when you go out mm-hmm. and when you come in, like yeah. um, we had a thing yesterday. So our puppy's about nine weeks old and we have stairs to go to the backyard that have the slats in them. You know what I mean? Like outdoor <laughs> yes. stairs. Yes. And he fell, he fell probably like from six or seven feet up Aww. and he was limping really, really badly for the first hour to the point oh. where like, and there's no vets out here. Like they literally oh, do no. not have vets out here. So we were pretty worried and we prayed and he took a long nap and then he woke up and was totally fine. Oh. And my rule of thumb is like, to the extent that you pray for healing for our dog, we should be like putting at least that much energy into thanking God for answering that prayer. And so I I feel like that's Mm -hmm. just a decent rule of thumb. If you're praying for protection every single day, every time you come out or go out, make it a point to find a way to thank him for keeping you safe every time you come back home, right? So I feel like that's the other side of the coin that we don't want to forget. It is. And and yeah, to, to realize that our protection is not a right. It's a gift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And for those of you, like, I, I do know there are Christians who, when someone does get into a car accident, it's, and even there's a book that you and I both read and loved about prayer, but this is one thing that the author said that I didn't care for where he said like, you know, if somebody dies in a car accident and they're saved, I always ask myself who forgot to pray for them. <clears throat> and mm, yeah, and I, I remember I that. That did rub me a little bit the wrong way. Yeah, it rubs me the wrong way too. Because of course, no, we don't know. We your prayers might have saved somebody. I don't feel like anybody though should live with that type of guilt, right? Like, same with my puppy. He was outside while my youngest was watching him. So you know, if something had happened, my youngest would have felt so guilty. And I, oh. you know, it's not his fault. It was an accident. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, if something does happen 
instead of saying, God, I asked for protection. Why didn't you keep me safe? Mm -hmm. There's always going to be something that you can, if you're alive to ask that question, then you, then God did keep you safe. And, And even if it's to the extent where somebody did not survive a car accident and you had prayed for their protection, I think it's important to remember that like, your prayers still made a difference somehow. Maybe that meant that they didn't have any fear at all. Maybe that it meant that they didn't even know and they're just going to open their eyes and blink me in heaven, right? But even if from our vantage point, it looks like God did not answer our prayers, he absolutely did, right? So maybe your Mm -hmm. car got totaled, but you were fine. You know what that means? That means God answered your prayers and protected you. I kind of, that makes me think a little bit about a couple of different things. One thing is the little girl, and I bet this story has evolved into totally a different story <laughs> than it really was. We talk about the please, or thank you for this meal or thank whatever Thank God for this food. Right. So <laughs> we have created our own Christian urban legend. <laughs> we have, but I know that there's this story. There was a woman that said that either, I think it was, she was in the hospital and needed prayers for healing and her granddaughter i think maybe prayed <laughs> thank you god for this food uh-huh. and she felt healing she felt well yeah. after that prayer mm-hmm. as if god had translated that prayer yes because it was like a three-year-old like itty bitty yeah, girl little girl yeah. like god had translated that prayer from that girl's heart mm-hmm. into and so i think about the scripture that talks about First of all, when we don't know how to pray, the spirit intercedes for for words. Mm -hmm. Also that Jesus is interceding for us at the right hand of God. Um, Mm -hmm. I just wonder if since we are believers and we have the Holy Spirit that is interceding for us, we've got Jesus interceding at the right hand of God. When we pray, if we are truly inviting God into a situation If those prayers, even if my word is, God, please save this person from dying, Mm -hmm. I just wonder Mm -hmm. if maybe that prayer is transformed into God's perfect will through the Holy Spirit. I believe it is. Mm -hmm. And that there is a power released in that prayer, even if the outcome isn't what I think. And I've never thought of it that way before. I've always thought. I haven't either, but I love that. I've always thought, well, then my prayer was misplaced. But what if, even mm-hmm. if I didn't say just God, do whatever you want, if that prayer energy yes. was released, that God transformed that. I really um, love that. I'm going to guess that maybe there's some people listening who that's a little bit too mystical. And right. Case, and I don't, don't, don't worry about it. It's not but in the I, Bible that way. You know what? For sure. For sure. Maybe well, it is. You know, God takes our prayers and we don't know what to pray and the Holy Spirit does interpret our prayers. So I think there is absolutely something to that. I love that you brought that up. So thank you for, for that. I'm, I'm a hundred percent behind that. I'll let you jump in. Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. Jumping. We had a, she's jumping in. We had a, another quick pause. This is, this has been another episode recorded in installments, isn't it? It, it has. It's like, yeah, every once in a while we have those where we have little interruptions, but Lots of interruptions. yeah, that was just, yeah, that was an interesting thought, but I, you know, almost like no mm. prayer is wasted. I love that. And what a fabulous prayer to pray that like God would make our prayers, like that God would be the one to interpret our prayers, right? Like so that he would lead our prayers, but also like if we happen to be praying something that's not quite in alignment with his will, Mm -hmm. that he would understand and yeah, interpret our prayers. I, I liken it to the the parent whose kid asks, and I'm sure we've used this analogy. It sounds so familiar. Like the kid who asks for like, 
an elephant or like something that just like, Mm -hmm. it's not going to happen, but you can still interpret that what they really want would be, you know, like a giant stuffed elephant or, you know, like something along those lines, like that, that God interprets what we're asking. Yeah, absolutely. I know there've been times when my kids have had their own money and I know there are different philosophies on this on, you know, I can't bear to just be like, yep, it's your money, use it and regret it if you Mm -hmm. need to. But Mm -hmm. I I don't do that. I tend to steer them in a different way. Like my younger kids, Mm -hmm. not my older kids, Mm -hmm. but yeah. um, But yeah. And so I just wonder, you know, when they want to get one thing and I sometimes have to be like, that would be a really big weight. Like, can I use the $5 mm-hmm. that I got from doing this chore to buy like an upgrade on this online app mm-hmm. game? You know, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. oh, that would be better spent somewhere else. Let's think of something else. So I don't know. I just wonder if God does some of that for us too. He might, although but sometimes my he... <laughs> lesson that I learned, I was 12. I babysat for the whole summer, mm-hmm. earned a couple hundred dollars and blew it all on clothes on one trip to the mall. You and regretted that. it for the rest of my life. Right. And, and I think that's honest, good. Like, that was a good money lesson. Yes. If instead my parents had said, don't do that, you'll regret it for the rest of your life. I mm-hmm. would have never learned how quickly hard-earned money can disappear. I think so. I think I need to get over my, because deep down, I know that they need tough love. They need to learn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so. Or I even think, just natural consequences. I don't even what consider it is. that. Not even tough, tough love. love. Yeah. Natural mm-hmm. They need to be allowed to make mistakes and incur mm-hmm. natural consequences on a scale that isn't going to be catastrophic. For sure. Although we do have a rule like no in-app purchases because they really are a, they're a racket. Big waste. <laughs> they really, really are. Okay. Back to traveling mercies. Yeah. This, was, this has been better. This has been a better conversation than I thought it would be. And um, I thought it was going to be horrible too, Jamie. So we're on the same boat. (laughs) I was counting on it being horrible. That's why it stayed at the bottom of the list for so long. Oh no. No, no. I'm just kidding. I know. I just didn't think it would be this, this uh, like interest. We'd have much to say about it. (laughs) Right. I thought it would be kind of like, these are the pros, these are the cons, but this has been Mm -hmm. really good. I've liked thinking about this in terms of how I can apply it to our own travel and, and just, Mm -hmm. yeah, very neat. Absolutely. Was there anything else you want to add? I don't think so. I don't think so either. You know, maybe should we both get over our... Yes, please. One last thing. I don't think we should discount though that there are times when if you're really prompted specifically to pray for something like... I don't, I, I can't think of an example right now, but you know, like, let's say you're about like to travel. Like a loved one's on the road and right. you can't and stop you, praying for them. Right. Or if you're asleep and you wake up and someone mm-hmm. is traveling and you know it and don't mm-hmm. ignore those. I think there definitely is yes. a time when it's more than just, okay, let's just invite God into this. And there are times when those prayers for hedge of protection or for travel, mm-hmm. they, those could be like very critical times to pray. Oh, for sure. So, you know, mentioning the book that had that one story that you and I didn't like, there was one story that really stood out. Um, and, and honestly, like everything else in the book, I loved super inspiring, but anyway, um, I don't want to mention the name of the book just because we started by saying something negative, critical, but, but there's a story in it that I love. So these, I'm going to, this is kind of the, the paraphrased version, but this missionary couple was traveling through this kind of like war-torn area or something. They were on the road and their car broke down in a very dangerous place, middle Mm -hmm. of the night kind of situation. They had to spend the night there. And 
I forget exactly all the details, but it turns out like they were miraculously protected, even though like soldiers or gang members or whoever it was that they were afraid of were actually in that area that night. Like they had a very real reason to be afraid. And as, as it turned out, there was a prayer meeting because of time zone issues. It was, you know, not the middle of the night where their home church was. And there were people praying specifically for their safety. And later it came out that like they met one of these soldiers who was later a Christian or something. I forget all the details. But the reason why they weren't attacked is because these men who were known for attacking people in this situation were, um, they saw 16 men like guarding their car. And it turned out that there were 16 people present that night at the prayer meeting. So I think, you know, it's just a very dramatic story of how important our prayers for protection can be. Yeah, absolutely. And, Mm -hmm. and especially don't, you know, don't ignore promptings from the Holy Spirit to pray. Yeah. And then, you know, let's do this. Let's say you get a prompting for somebody while they're traveling and that person still gets critically injured or maybe even killed. I think at that point, it's important for you to remember maybe the reason God had you pray was to prepare yourself or maybe it meant that your or that your loved one's passing was much more peaceful and less painful and less scary than it otherwise would have been, you know, kind of like what we were talking about before. Yeah. Your prayers still made a difference, even if the outcome was not what you were praying for. Right. I mean, I think of Jim Elliott who was savagely killed Mm -hmm. while being a missionary and Mm -hmm. he, he and his, his partners were in this very dangerous situation their wives were praying fervently for them. Mm-hmm. And yet we look back and we see they still died. That was obviously yeah. God's will. And yet I just wonder, we don't know what their last moments were like, but I just mm-hmm. have this feeling that they transcended that experience yes. and felt God and experienced God and that those prayers of their wives ushered, ushered that in. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm sure that that's, that's something that can and does happen when we do Absolutely. pray that, you know, mm-hmm. that yeah. would be an interesting episode is prayer for those who are dying. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we think so much of like, we just need to pray against death. Right. But I feel like sometimes like every, every believer who's not going to end up raptured has a time to die. Yes. And I, I do want my passing to be peaceful and not scary and things like that. And I think that remembering that it's okay to pray for those things too, is a good thing to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All righty. Well, for our wrap up, we're going to leave you guys with a blessing and a benediction. If you have been enjoying this show and wants to share it with your friends, we love word of mouth. And also when you leave reviews for us, that really helps other people find our show. So rate us, review, all of those wonderful things. We're really thankful for that. And let's close with our blessing and benediction. May God stretch and mature your faith on a daily basis. May mountains move as a result of your prayers. May he meet you in your areas of weakness and help you in your unbelief. May valleys rise up and mountains and hills be made low before you so that nothing will hinder your prayers. May the Holy Spirit breathe hope into your prayers so that every day your faith and strength are renewed like the eagles. And our benediction is Romans 8, 38 to 39. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, 
nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com slash journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.